This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to another episode of OPI Talk. I'm your host, Andy Braithwaite. Now, in today's episode, it's my pleasure to welcome Nancy Farrell, who is Senior Products Manager for Talk Services and Solutions at Essity in North America. Hi, hi Nancy. Thank you for coming on to OPI Talk, or perhaps today, today's program should be called OPI Talk, T-O-R-K. Apologies for that for that very bad <laughs> pun. But, uh, actually, I think it's my, something you might have used in a, in a similar way for your uh, talk talks sessions that you gave at uh, at the ISSA show in uh, North America last last year. So uh, that's right. Yeah, so great to see you. Welcome, Nancy, and, and thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me, Andy. Yeah, Torque Talks and OPI Talks or OPI <laughs> Torque is a meeting of the world. It's a perfect marriage. Right, you're based in the the Philadelphia area. Is that is that correct? That's correct. Yes, I'm sitting in Philadelphia right now, and I'm based in our uh, North American headquarters here. Okay, so that's the headquarters of the, the Talk brand owner, Essity. Can you just tell me a little bit about about your operations then in North America. Obviously, Essity is based in Europe, but you have a, a large operation in North America, don't you? Yes, absolutely. We um, we do in North America, and I actually oversee both the North America and European, so transatlantic markets for Torque Vision Cleaning, which is our data-driven cleaning solution. So I'm leading the strategy and go-to-market for uh, that piece of the business. And overall, the Torque brand was introduced in 1968, but today it is a leading global brand. So in North America and many places in the globe beyond, we really have a big presence all over the world, focusing on workplace hygiene and um, overall, you know, for Essity mm, as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. So how did you get involved in the cleaning industry? Yeah, so I've been with Essity North America for um, about 13 years, all on the professional hygiene side. So really, it's been all torque all the time. And historically, our range of products has been really focused on dispensers, paper towels, toilet tissue, soap, napkins, wipers, right? All these products sort of to meet the needs of washrooms or restrooms and all of these different environments from industry to commercial like offices, um, kitchens, dining areas. But really over the last 10 years, we've been trying to be more involved in integrating tech into what we're doing, right? The world is moving in that way and we're no different. We realize that especially with things like hygiene and cleaning, there's a lot that we can do with tech solutions to really support that. And that's really how we got into Torque Vision Cleaning, which is where I am today, and how we can really focus on not just offering our great Torque solutions to our customers for what they need to outfit their offices or different facilities with, but how they can now integrate a better way of working through those through something like Torque Vision Cleaning and data-driven cleaning. Okay. All right. Great. Well, we'll get onto that in a bit more depth shortly. Now, we're talking just a few days after the end of National Cleaning Week in the US. Was it, is that a, a big deal for, for Torque? 
Yes, it's something that Torque has recognized for several years. And National Cleaning Week, it's really about the importance and the value and really the impact that cleaning has on public health and the environment, you know, our economy, our, you know, our nation's overall. Right? And of course, since the pandemic, this has really raised the public awareness for something like this. And it's also very much in a good way, raised the profile and the recognition for the people who are doing the hard work, right? All of these frontline cleaning cleaning professionals. They've had a really tough job in front of them to do a lot more than they used to do, many more complex tasks. They're really in charge of keeping us safe, if you're thinking about it, right? Because we're coming back to these environments like offices and airports and many of these other away from home areas. And we're really looking to them to create this hygienic and safe experience for us. And they've done a great job at it. So National Cleaning Week is really giving our team an opportunity to, you know, listen to the state of the industry and participate to really understand our customers' challenges, their opportunities, both with our end customers and distributor partners, and really see what the upcoming regulatory legislative updates are, because we want to make sure that we're really meeting our partners where they're going within the industry and what's mattering to them right now. You know, the world has been changing so much over the last you know, a few years. Yeah. And so there was the pandemic phase, of course, but coming out of the pandemic, and now everybody is a bit, I think we can say back to normal, right? And Still, hygiene is very paramount. And that's one thing that really came with the pandemic. And we've seen it sustained and really staying. And the cleaning industry is a really great example of that because a lot of how they've changed and morphed during the pandemic period mm. is staying, right? A lot of these tasks, if you think about things like disinfection and high touch point cleaning and really focusing on those types of things, that hasn't really gone away. Maybe it's a bit less than during the height of COVID, but you know, we're still seeing that, you know, for example, the majority of people, you know, 73% are wanting to use paper hand towels to avoid touching different surfaces in mm -hmm. public. You know, they also still have very high expectations for places like washrooms or restrooms. And they want, you know, a lot of these places to still be very hygienic and, and feel safe for them to be in. Yeah, sure. I mean, the way that cleaning now is in the, the, the public eye and, and people's awareness, as, as you said, that's really risen since the pandemic. What about hybrid work and remote work, certainly in the context of professional hygiene? How, how has that impacted things? It's definitely caused a change in the cleaning market from the standpoint that, mm. you know, it, it was always a bit unexpected in terms of what you had to do every day, right? I think we all know that in an office setting, not every day is the same. But now even more so with these fluctuating visitor patterns, cleaning teams have an even harder task of knowing when people might be in the office, when not, right? Some offices and companies we can see they have set days of the week when people are going in. But then there are meetings on top of that and there are, you know, sometimes changes to the schedule. There are VIPs who come visit, you know, different things like that. Many teams might have different days that, you know, they're more heavily in the office than others. So really it's about understanding how you can adapt to these fluctuating patterns and the hybrid working model is really posing a challenge there. And on the flip side, just because there are fewer people in the office doesn't necessarily mean there's less to do, right? And I think that's one thing mm. that we definitely saw over the last years is that just the sheer volume of what cleaning teams have needed to do has increased. And 
I think we all know. I mean, we have 100% to give, right? We can only be one person, even if sometimes we would love to replicate ourselves to have more time in the day. But at the end of the day, it's sort of how do we handle those, you know, that 100% that we have or those cleaning hours that you have. And so when you have the unpredictability of the hybrid working situation with the visitor patterns and you have a lot more for people to do, it's really about how you understand how to do it and how to tackle it in the best way. Yeah. I, I think from one of your talks at the IWSA show last year, you referred to these fluctuations as a roller coaster, which is very difficult for facilities managers to to predict. And then that, as you said, leads to challenges uh, in their cleaning schedules and how they organize their, their teams. Let, how, how does data-driven cleaning then fit into that context and how does that help people? Yeah, well, data-driven cleaning is really about eliminating the guest the guesswork, right? So it's about taking real-time data collected throughout the facility. And for us, we do that in a couple ways. One is connected dispensers that are measuring the product levels within that dispenser. And another is through people counters that really measure that visitor traffic throughout the facility. And so when we pair that together with the software that cleaning teams use throughout the day, that's how you can really start to inform and really empower them to clean in the right way. Right, That's when we think about how we can know exactly where and when there are needs in a facility instead of sort of just assuming. Because the way that cleaning has traditionally worked is that cleaners come in the morning, they have maybe a piece of paper on a clipboard with some tasks. And then they go to floor two, they clean around, they go to floor three, they clean around, and they repeat that several times a day. So data-driven cleaning is really using the data itself and using the software to direct the cleaners. So instead of having this static way of working, they're going directly to the areas where they know need the most attention. And that could be because a certain number of visitors have passed through, so it's a high touch point area, or it could be because the dispensers are almost empty and nobody wants to be faced with that because as we can see consistently, that's the number one complaint across washrooms or restrooms is, you know, not having products to wash or dry your hands or you know, heaven forbid we run out of toilet paper in the stall, right? That's never a good situation for anybody. And so, again, it's really about sort of starting to have more eyes everywhere to be informed about the way that you're doing your cleaning versus just doing it the traditional way of how it's been done, because that's not really creating much efficiency. And like I said before, you know, with the sheer volume of things that cleaning teams have to do now, they really have to think about how can they optimize their resources? How can they tackle labor challenges in the marketplace today? How can they really create the best efficiency? And ultimately, it's about how they can drive at the best quality, because we want to create a great experience for people who are returning to the office mm. and who are returning to these public spaces so that they they want to keep coming back and they feel that sense of having a, a great environment to be in. Yeah. Your talk, Vision White Paper, refers to this as being a paradigm shift uh, for cleaning. Is is that a slight exaggeration or do you really believe that? No, I really do believe that. And it's because if you think about cleaning, it, it's it been a bit slower in the adoption curve of digitization, right? Of course, we see different um, automation machines such as cleaning robots and, you know, things like that. But in terms of really using software and a digital tool to change the way of working, that's the piece that data-driven cleaning has really had a huge impact on over the last several years. And that's because it's really about 
this evolution of how a cleaning team is working, right? Instead of having this paper checklist, instead of going on their normal cleaning rounds, they can really go directly to where the needs are. And what we hear from customers is that once they've used data-driven cleaning, they really can't imagine how they could ever go back to not having it, right? Because it's like having an extra person or an extra set of eyes around. I mean, it's about having more time back in your day because you can really target your cleaning to where and when there are needs. And so, you know, it really is revolutionary in the fact that it's using this real-time information, but also it's using historical information. So what a lot of our customers do is they use the real-time information to act in the moment. Right, so they avoid complaints and they can drive better quality throughout the day. But then at the end of a week or a month or a quarter, they'll look back at the different analytics and reports that are included inside of our system. And they can really start to think about how can I change for the next month, the next quarter, the next few months to optimize my cleaning rounds? How can I continue to improve and drive these you know, KPIs that I've set for my cleaning and for my quality and things like that. So it's really the combination of having the real-time data and then also the analytics and insights. And that creates a mm. very powerful combination. Okay. There are also some you know, side benefits that people don't always think about because they might think, okay, yes, we need to keep the dispenser stocked. We need to keep you know, the areas not so messy. That's pretty clear. But over time, as you start to use the data, what really becomes revolutionary is the way that our customers use the data. Because as they get more value and as they collect more data, they can do more with it. So we've had customers actually do things like, during the pandemic especially, they could figure out because visitor patterns were fluctuating so much, they were able to close off entire sections of the office or floors and think about how that impacts their bottom line in terms of saving on efficiency, electricity usage, mm -hmm. um, HVAC and things like that. And they've also used the data to support things like capital expenditure projects, right? So CapEx projects, when they want to refurbish an area, they can actually choose how to spend their investment based on because they know where has been the most trafficked areas and and things like that from the data. Hmm. So to what extent is it easy then to drill down into that data to get these kinds of reports that you just mentioned? Yeah, it's very easy. Our, our system really has a lot of built-in analytics and insights that are easy to filter through with several different views depending on what you're after. And we evolve them over time, right? So it's not that they're the same and you know, they just update during the day. It's that over the past years, we talk to our customers and we iterate our software based on that. So to give you a couple examples, during the pandemic period, because everything really moved to high touch point cleaning, we introduced a new visitor heat map. So this is very quickly showing you the hottest spots in your facility. And now to date, that's really our most used insight. Right. And then we redesigned much of our system to really point at where there were urgent needs because we saw that, you know, cleaning even before the pandemic and as it will be after, it's a lot of firefighting. So you have to really understand where there are hot spots, where there are urgent needs, where things need to be done in the right now. And then the analytics give you the historical. Mm. So you can really understand everything from visitor. You, throughout the facility to consumption and usage of your products and start to match a lot of those together. Um, we also have 
dedicated customer success managers. So they're really working as consultants with the customers after the point of sale, right? So they're having business reviews with our customers, helping them to understand and better use these analytics and insights. And so over time, what's happening is that they can really help our customers achieve more through the system and help them better use the data to meet their own goals. Because every customer has different goals, and we want to make sure that we've set out to really help them achieve their specific goals. Mm. What, what kinds of facilities are best suited to the, this type of approach? Um, so offices are definitely a great fit. Many of our clients today are offices all around the globe. And that's because, you know, of these different fluctuating visitor patterns, there's usually um, a larger footprint. So there's a lot of areas to clean, but also there are a lot of cleaning rounds happening throughout the day. So when we think about the right type of facility, even beyond offices, they share a lot of those same characteristics, right? Usually they have a larger footprint. So there's more places to cover. They usually do have more unpredictable or complex visitor traffic patterns, and they have many cleaning rounds during the day. And so when we think about how we can impact with data-driven cleaning, a lot of it is around labor optimization, quality, and efficiency. And that's why when you think of those types of characteristics, the, you know, the bigger a facility, the more complex the visitors, the more space they have to clean, and the more cleaning rounds they have per day, that's really how we can generate some of those um, savings and some of those results for customers. Right. How, how do you go to market with this? You say you've got your own, obviously, your own sales team and your own experts who advise Clients, do you work with reseller partners or other partners in the cleaning industry to to take this product to market? Yes, we have um, several channels to market. So we um, work mostly direct with end customers, so different facility managers, property management groups, um, larger you know facilities companies, and also you know single-use tenant buildings, things like that. Um, we work um, a bit also with distributors, so they're working you know, together with us to really um, get to that end customer because often they're their front line, right? They're supplying them with things in there every day, and then the, the customers want to figure out how can I digitize on top of that. Um, we also, in the past few years, have started to work more with other partners in the um, tech sphere, so other software companies that are out there, um, potentially integrators, because they're really doing more integrations than even just cleaning sometimes within a building. So for us, it's about keeping our data flexible and how we can integrate into a full smart building or smart facility where they're really connecting everything from the lighting to the heating and cooling and the plumbing and also our cleaning management software. All right. What's the uptake been in this kind of solution? I guess not just not just talk vision, but in, in general. Uh, and then that would lead on to a question, what is the potential uh, still like then for, the, for these kinds of solutions to be implemented? I think there's been a lot of interest from what we can see and within North America, so within the US and Canada, there's um, definitely a lot of interest and a lot more adaptation, even over the last three to five years, you know, there's been sort of an exponential growth. And then also globally, I mean, today, we're active in more than 20 markets globally, and we can see a lot of opportunities even 
beyond that. And so data-driven cleaning is really spanning everywhere from what we can see. I mean, cleaning is something that really is agnostic depending on where you are in the world, right? Everybody has a need for that. Everybody has a desire to be in a clean environment. And so the potential, I think, is really limitless. It's more just about creating the awareness and helping customers understand that a solution like this is out there first and foremost, Mm -hmm. and then how they can really benefit from it. Because what we see is a lot of customers know they have a problem. They're faced with a lot of complaints. They're faced with challenges for better quality and how can I improve my bottom line and efficiency and how can I get good labor today because that's a huge challenge. But they don't always know that a solution is out there or that it looks something like data-driven cleaning. So that's really where we're continuing to try and educate potential customers and, you know, and the market overall to understand what solutions like this look like. Are there any particular barriers to adopting this kind of solution? Yes, I think no surprise probably, but the biggest barrier for this and really any digital solution is the onboarding phase, right? So learning how to use the system, really changing that way of working because again, it's it's a journey and it's not an overnight thing. There's a learning curve with many of these digital tools. And so for this reason, we have something actually called an onboarding and success program. And this is again, where customers work with these dedicated customer success teams and they can train them in a really good way, help them to adopt and adapt to the system and really engage with them from the beginning to, first of all, understand what their challenges are, what their KPIs are and what they're looking to solve in the long term. That could look a little bit different for a customer who's after, you know, the highest level of quality or, you know, the minimum number of complaints or I just want my dispensers to be stocked all of the time. Right. So we want to make sure that we're working with them over time to make sure those objectives are met. So the customer success managers will do training with the customers. They'll help them to understand how to best use our software and also these analytics and insights that I talked about before. Hmm. And then over time, it's about helping them to make corrective actions too. So when the customer sits down to look at what they've done, what's worked and what hasn't worked, then they can really understand how to use our system to drive value over time. Because that's the beauty of software, right? It's not a one and done type of thing. It's something that should and can evolve to meet greater needs over time, so long as you're really using it in the right way. Mm. And how long would a typical onboarding process take, you know, from, from the moment that the, the customer signs on the dotted line saying, okay, I'm going to go with your, your system until it being fully functional. What would be a typical mm. time frame for that? I think it can take anywhere from a few weeks to a few months, depending on the client, right? And that depends on a few things. One is the digital maturity, right? And where they are today within how they work with other systems and software and maybe the maturity of the teams themselves, right, that we're working with. The other could be how large and complex their facility is. So a facility that has, you know, let's say five cleaning rounds per day, and a medium-sized office building, single-tenant building, could look very different from a 50-floor multi-tenant building mm. that has you know, 25 cleaning rounds a day and multiple cleaning shifts, and there are more cleaners to train to have to use the system and something like that. So sometimes it depends a bit on the scope of the, the customer as well. Right. Now, a lot of OPI Talk listeners will be resellers or distributors or, or wholesalers 
in, in what we used to call the office products channel that's expanded to the to the business products channel or workplace products now and cleaning and hygiene is a is a big growth area for many of them what what role do they have in this data driven cleaning segment uh, is there a role for them to play yeah, we've seen many of our distributors, you know, they're really on their own digital evolution journey too, and they see a need for their customers for these types of innovative solutions. So like I said, it's really about creating a journey and driving behavior change. So what we can see is that, you know, when there are distributors who really are focused on this partnership with their end customers, they're trying to find new innovations and solutions to offer to them. Mm. So again, it's really about creating this awareness and education with their customers to first of all, help them understand what this type of solution is and that it's out there, right? That something does exist to solve this problem that you've expressed to me. And we've done that with our you know, distributors as well to help educate them so that they can educate their end customers. And then together we can really partner to show these customers what value data-driven cleaning can bring them, helping them to see you know, results from other customers and what kind of impact it could have on their own facility. So I think for distributors, it's really about thinking beyond the consumables of the day-to-day and really thinking about the bigger picture of what the end customers are caring about. And that's where we're focusing too, right? Because consumables are very important, but a small part of a cleaning management, you know, overall perspective or even of their budget, right? A lot of it is focused on labor and a lot of it is focused on quality and how do you drive those things? And that's really what data-driven cleaning gets at. It's really saying that we can impact the biggest part of the things that keep you up at night, not the smaller parts. And that's something that we can help distributors to educate their customers on as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's a trend that we've been seeing is moving away from selling commodities or consumables to selling you know, real solutions to customers. This this seems to fit in with that. Exactly. Yeah. Any any other innovations or things that we should be looking out for in the, in in the cleaning industry? Now we haven't really talked about sustainability for one. Uh, does does that tie in with with data driven cleaning in any way? Yes, it absolutely does. And in some you know ways of how we might traditionally think of sustainability, one is waste. Right. So the reason that we can target waste with data-driven cleaning is that what happens a lot is that a cleaner will go into a restroom and they'll see, okay, there's some of this product left in a dispenser, let's say. I don't know if I'm going to make it back in time before we'll get a complaint and then I'm going to end up getting yelled at. So it's an emotional reaction, right? I'd want to replace that too. But what happens to the rest of that remaining product? It probably gets thrown away. And so when they have the system to really indicate to them when that dispenser needs refilling, they can go there at the moment when action's needed, and then they're not wasting the rest of that product. So that can be a really powerful way to generate some um, waste reduction within a customer. There are also, as we see you know, in, in Essity, we talk a lot about well-being as it relates to sustainability too. And data-driven cleaning actually creates a lot of well-being for cleaners, right? And like I said at the very mm-hmm. beginning, I mean, they're doing a really difficult job. They deserve a lot of recognition for the hard work that they do. And data-driven cleaning, as we've talked to customers over the years, it creates a lot more empowerment for them because the cleaners are getting the data at their fingertips so they can really do their job in an easier and more professional way. And they're really the ones on the front ends to solve this these complaints before they happen. But also it creates a better 
more enjoyable working situation for them too. And we've talked to cleaners who said, you know, if I cleaned for another company and they didn't have this, I'd recommend this to them. You know, it really makes my life a lot easier. It gives me a professional way of working because cleaners are often, you know, an afterthought and it really shouldn't be like that. They should have, you know, a better working condition and a a better way of performing their work because they really, you know, have a lot of potential there too. Yeah, good good point. Okay, just to wrap up then, any... uh, any interesting things that you're working on at the moment uh, or things that might be coming out later this year that you can tell us about? Yeah, so right now, um, you know, where we're really focused is on this integration piece, right? Because what we can see is that we are just one of many IoT solutions out there and customers today are getting more digitally mature. So it becomes a lot about to how can we be part of this wider ecosphere of an IoT world. So if we think about a lot of really big office buildings, state-of-the-art ones that are being built today, they're really built from the ground up as a smart building. So they have already in mind how they're going to connect every single thing in the building. And when they can do that, and also including our data-driven solution with Torque Vision Cleaning, they can start to get many more insights because one thing is to use a cleaning management software and we can drive a lot of impact from that. But some cleaner or some companies now, they wanna understand how the conference rooms and the visitor data and the cleaning and other things in the building, how those all correlate together. And those get at creating deeper and even better insights for offices and other facilities. So for us, you know, a lot of what we're doing is continuing to look at how we can become, you know, part of that bigger IoT sphere and how we can create the best flexibility for our customers so that they feel like they can create an impact with us and also beyond. Okay. All right. Sounds sounds interesting. Good good luck with your your initiatives. And uh, thank you again for being on this episode of OPI Talk. Thanks, Andy. It was really great to be here with you today and to talk about data-driven cleaning and also Torque Vision Cleaning. And if anybody is interested um, in learning more about Torque Vision Cleaning, either a customer or a distributor, they're welcome to take a look on our website at torqueusa.com and they can find a lot of more great information. If you have got this far, then thank you for listening to this episode of OPI Talk. Please check out our website, opi.net, for news, interviews, analysis, and much more from the business products world. We've also got a great app that you can download from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine. And we hope you will join us again soon for another episode of OPI Talk.